Hello, gamers, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast for Friday, April 21st. I'm your illustrious co-host, Chris, at VG Occasion Stern, freshly ethicsed in to the co-host chair here. It is not an ethical violation of my (laughs) new job's ethics stuff to be hosting a podcast, it seems. Um, Joining me from across countries near and far, the Lord Primus himself, James Halliday. James, what's going on, man? Uh, Oh, not too much. We've had, we actually had have been having like crazy storm weather, and for the first time, literally, I just got off work. I just got got home, and now the sun decides to come out for the first time this week. So Ooh, that's, lovely! It's like, oh, great! Now I'm now that I'm inside again. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, no, it was crazy. Like thunder, lightning, winds blowing, hail, like off and on it was it's just been nuts lately we got hit by hail and rain today here um yesterday was sunny but all week when i had covid i mean i still have covid hi everyone i have covid um i am safely distanced across country we're socially distanced i am not masked right now though Um, it was high 70s and sunny the whole week while I had COVID and we didn't have our AC unit out yet. So the apartment was like high 70s to 80s, which was kind of miserable when you had a fever. (laughs) And then as soon as I was allowed to like step outside, according to the CDC, um, the weather has (laughs) plummeted. (laughs) Yesterday was pretty nice. I went on like an hour long walk yesterday just to get out of the house wearing a mask. (laughs) <laughs> following CDC guidelines, not trying to get anybody sick. Um, anyways, uh, we are flying without a safety net because we do not have our run of show document in front of us due to some account access issues. Um, let's see how much of this I can do from memory, James. John John tries weekly, so and he fails miserably. I'm pretty yeah, sure you're there's be there's a lot of stuff. I'm so we have a Google Voice number. Do I know it? I don't. Um, oh, I know it. Just give me a second. You keep going. You can find mostly normal monthly resuscitated from death by yours truly, with some assistance from James at mngamers.substack.com. Um, it's one more week till the end of the month, basically. So expect another one in your inboxes soon. I'm not really sure what I'm going to write about, but we'll see. We can all learn about it together at the end of the month. Phone number for people to call and leave voicemails. Here we go. It's 507-291-2991. Flawless victory. Freaking awesome. We have... MN Gamers. What is our website? MostlyNormalGamers.com. Nailed it. Where you can go check out uh, current and past episodes of the podcast, check out some bios and photos that are all out of date, learn more about the hosts and the show. They all have beards now. That's the difference. (laughs) I have. 
less of a beard. <laughs> I mean, I have a comparable amount of a beard. Um, <laughs> let, what else? What else do we have going on? <laughs> this dissect um, the the website episode at the end of uh at the end of the episode i always tell people to to review us on their podcast platform of preference or to recommend us to a friend let's get that out of the way at the top of the show too um you can find the show at mn gamers pod on twitter it's mn gamers podcast MN Gamers Podcast uh, on Twitter, where I haven't been in months, it feels like. Uh, rip to me, I guess. Um, <laughs> I think that's enough of a rigmarole. Um, and a flawless one at that. Like, yeah, just no executed. stumbles at all. <laughs> um, we can blame it on the brain fog if we need to. Um Let's kick things off with what we've been playing. Um, I'll go first because it's a quick update. Okay. God, I cannot stop playing Marvel Snap. My collection level is almost like 4,000 now. Holy cow. It's too addicting. It's like a problem. Putting that aside. I finally beat, like, capital B beat Pokemon Violet and saw the credits roll. Nice. End game thoughts. I like how all of the storylines pull together at the end. I think the big finale without like spoiling, spoiling the game narratively was a surprising twist, a little bit goofy. It's a Pokemon Pokemon game. I'm not going to hold anything against it. I thought the final area you get to go check out is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to go back now that I think I'll be able to explore it on the back of your vehicle Pokemon because I think there's some things I didn't collect the last time I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the ending of all three main storylines were very satisfactory, cute. I like all of the character writing and character like archetypes a lot. Um, as a person who loved Persona 5, I wish the school activities were more seamlessly integrated into the flow of the rest of the game and had more depth to them, more reasons to be engaging with them and more like positive outcomes or consequences from engaging with them while also simultaneously holding in direct conflict to that thought that if it was any more obtrusive, I would have been very irritated because I'm such an old head Pokemon player who just like wants to get to the point where I can start EV training and IV breeding, Mm -hmm. which is where we are. I have a number of six IV char cadets that I home grew, which is 
uh, um, do you speak EVs and IVs? <laughs> yeah, man. But I mean, like you can give the uh, with the the IV training or IV breeding is not really super necessary anymore because you can just augment all of their IVs with uh, what is it? There's that trainer in the mountain town. Oh, the bottle caps. Yeah, which is like, I mean, oh, sweet. That's the first time I don't have to worry about that. That's the one thing that I would never do. I'd just find something that was in like the um, great or be- like or better is mm-hmm. range. And I would be like, good enough. And uh, as far as IV training, I would only have been doing it recently. I would always try and then I get bored of doing it and stop. Because it just took so long to grind it out, but now you can you can fully IV train a Pokemon in less than like an hour, so it's super yeah. accessible. I and like... you can visually see it. That's that's the other one. Visually seeing the progress you're making rather than counting every time, being like, I should be around this number. So if you're a sicko like me who like grew up on the Smogon.com forms. And you want to get 12 EVs in speed, 244 EVs in special defense, and 252 EVs in attack, for example. Like I might be wanting to do with my cool evolved Char Cadet with Mm -hmm. the perfect setup. You do kind of need to track it or just do them in the right order, I guess, because right order. Yeah. Like if you max out, like you only want to hit the 252, all of the math's weird. People should not just listen to me for any guidance on how to do this BS. There's like a thousand guides on the internet about it. Yeah. There's some like innate satisfaction. It's so zoom out with me for a second. The closest I come to going up to a slot machine in my life and yanking on a slot machine until it pays out is Pokemon breeding. Literally, it's like you have the Pokemon have sex or have a picnic together and deliver you eggs in a basket. (laughs) And then you hatch that egg and there's a 1 in 31 chance for each stat for it to be perfect. And there's all of these ways of manipulating that. But at the end of the day, we had four picnic fuckfests, and it took me hatching eight boxes full of Pokemon eggs in order to get to the point where I was breeding ones with the correct nature, the correct special hidden ability, and the correct stat layouts. And that's before you do any of the training stuff. Now, as you pointed out, you can just go spend money and like get this done in game, but it's almost like the closest comparison I can find for the IV breeding process is like mining for cryptocurrency. <laughs> like in the old games before there was a shortcut to doing it, you just like put energy and effort and time without like intellectual scrutiny, right? Like there's not a lot of thinking to it once you figure the process out. And at the end of like a few hours of repetitive labor where you're like probably watching Abbott Elementary in the background and like barely checking your switch screen while you walk in a circle until the egg hatches, 
you come up with this output that's like your Bitcoin Pokemon. Uh, so I have a bunch of Bitcoin char cadets if anybody's looking for any. <laughs> I'll sell them at a low price. <laughs> I just, I just want, I just want as, I want a Azumarill that'll give me huge power and has good stats because I want a goddamn Azumarill so bad. Um, anyways, so that's where I'm at in Pokemon. My girlfriend has more of the hidden legendaries than I do, and it's gonna be under my skin until I find these goddamn stakes to take out of the ground. So uh, good video game is good. I still don't think the scale of the open world is super necessary, but like my curmudgeonliness over traditional open world tropes has been set aside with how satisfying and linear ish that ending feeling is. Do you want to, you want to know my hot take? We finally got an open world Pokemon game and the whole time while playing it, I was thinking, this is so cool. I really wish we had roots. And I really wish it was a lot more curated into pathing. Like, I'm, I always viewed the normal Pokemon kind of open world. I was fine with roots and all that sort of stuff. I just wanted a little bit more freedom of where I could go with it. And I think this game provided that, but I didn't like the lack of, I guess, walls keeping you into certain like it the the lack of cohesion in a certain area it's just like well i guess i can see that other area over there now and i'll just walk over there and be there now and i think that was yeah. uh kind of a a, a turnoff not so much that i disliked it i still think it's got one of the best pokemon ass pokemon experiences for like me like just walking into the very first area which is very like it's root like you've got mm -hmm. like there's like an arch in the mountains that you walk through and then there's like this little little uh path up the hill towards a lighthouse and there's some trees and grass there's some bug pokemon and i just remember like looking at one of the trees and seeing like a bird pokemon sleeping in the tree and going like can i can i interact with it and i threw a pokeball and sure enough we're battling and just like that sort of experience was like, this is what I want in a Pokemon game, but I would have rather keep it almost in that um, curated roots, but yeah, give me the freedom to kind of choose where I'm going. And it's almost like in Pokemon red and blue, when you hit uh, um, Lavender town at Lavender town, you can choose to, surf south go to the seafoam islands and then cinnabar you can s choose to go up and deal with uh um oh sorry not that's fuchsia sorry but like you hit lavender town you've got a few options but then you hit fuchsia city and you've got kind of like where are you going to take sabrina on in mm -hmm. uh, saffron city are you going to do that whole story arc or are you going to go hunting through seafoam islands or and deal with blaine at cinnabar island like what What's your plan? And they kind of break out the linear aspect at, at those sections. And I would have liked just a, just a few more games that do that. Like a game that has a lot more of those branches where you're like, oh, I'm at this point. I can challenge, go these different directions, experience these different challenges, and then come back and do the other ones. But I want to be able to curate my adventure. 
See, and I feel like this game does give you that branch, but it branches way too much. Exactly. And I think that's that's kind of my problem is because I followed, say I did a bunch of the gyms, and then I come back and I'm doing like these Team Star missions, and I'm so overleveled, I don't even, I'm not even paying attention to what they're saying. I'm just beating the crap out of them in one hit, right? And yeah. it's like, it kind of diminishes that experience by not having it a little more focused because yeah, I just blasted. I did all of like the Titan stuff like right away mm-hmm. and then dealt with everything else. And I did the gyms for the most part the next. And then I powered through all the team star last. And I felt that was definitely the wrong way to do it. You should really be doing it one at a time. And they don't really, nothing kind of, bottlenecks you into those moments right exactly exactly there's no real thing gently guiding you to say what if you took on this titan neck i mean well actually nurse joy is doing that if you ask her to so the nurse at the pokemon center if you talk to her she'll say like oh like have you thought about going to this thing Mm -hmm. but I do wish there was a little bit more connective tissue between the three narrative threads that you do get at the very end, right? Yeah. And I think it would pay off a lot more if they bounced off each other and wove in with each other and overlapped and had some more friction with each other. Yeah. But um, having finished it, I think your statement about like what that first route quote unquote route you can see in the game is like imagining a really curated, really fleshed out 3d semi open, but more pathed version of this game um, is really tantalizing. Part of the tantalizingness comes from um, they continue to do some of the best caves in any video game throughout, like all the way back to red and blue iconic challenging overlapping puzzly caves. And Mm -hmm. even in this game, even though there are fewer and further between and not puzzle based anymore, there's a lot going on in all of the cave structures and I just wish there was more of a sense of level design instead of open world design, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Which I think is in alignment with what you were saying about that first route having a really yeah. nice flow to it. I think the open world does have a flow to it and a connectivity to everything, but I would almost prefer more of a sense of spaces that you're exploring mm. as opposed to a whole broad, wide um, there's this song, <laughs> I, I don't remember who sings it, but it goes like, wide open spaces, which is like, every time I played this game and I was just like zooming around on this weird motorcycle dragon, it's all I thought about, but it's, it is a lot of flat open stuff. There are situations where like... I think they could have fleshed out the beaches more and the waterfront more. Um, 
I felt like that one, the like high level lake that's like kind of like the end mm-hmm. game lake. I do actually think has really good area design and level design. The the dragon lake. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anything's name right now. Anyways. No, I got. I I, I get you. I know what you're talking about. But literally, like the last time I talked about this game with you all, I like on the side pulled Smogon up to look up competitive move sets and. Then after I beat the game, I was like, cool, time to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I can't think of what the name of the cool char cadet evolution that Violet has is, um, but I haven't. And I'm about Cerule to... Cerule Edge? Cerule Edge. He's, he's freaking cool looking, dude. It's a battle network Pokemon. I know. He looks, uh, <laughs> he looks like... I also think of like a Dark Souls, like yeah, yeah. cool ass Dark Souls boss that's there to just like break your ass in half, like a very fast night. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so we're going uh, bulky bulk up Cerulege. Um, I'm going to grind out bug Terra shards and give him a bug Terra type. Cause apparently that's mm-hmm. like the meta. To bug, bug moves. Oh, we're so good in this game. I, I, know, but you I don't even give him bug moves. It's just to be oh. a defensive type. Oh, defensive case. switch out. But yeah, no, I was so surprised at how many bug moves are. As far as like Pokemon goes, like Scyther is one of my favorites. Murkrow is top tier for me. I always have a Murkrow. Mm. But um, Scyther, I noticed, got super nerfed this time around. Because he lost his like that. What's that double like the wing attack that's like basically oh, like hits double twice hit or whatever. It's basically double hit, but it's way, it's a flying type, which was super good with his like critical te- hit or yeah, te- yeah. technical Technician. or whatever. Yeah. Basically, a, he's doing like seven two seventy five hits with it at uh, stab bonus, and it was just like so good. And he just does not. That game is in the that move is in the game, but he will not learn it. I tried for so long until I gave up and I looked online and I was like, I've got them. I want them to learn the move. Why isn't it happening? And it's just like, oh, they've removed it from his his move list. Um, and he can't even like, uh, what is it? A like because you, you can move tutor with Pokemon as long as you've got the. Can't remember. It's like you get a slot open or something like that. You can move tutor it, um, mm. which is kind of nice that they've. That's how you, they do it. Is like you just hang out with them. You can learn egg moves via picnics. And somebody uh, was saying there's an item you need, though. Yeah, I think you might be. Right. That might be right. I have yet um, to find this item, but I need it because egg moves suck. You want to talk about something that adds oh, yeah, hours yeah, yeah. to trying to breed something right? Yeah. Anyway. No, I agree. I, I, I that's I think they've they've made a lot of like if you want to play competitively, this game has made it so much more accessible for you to do it without like just sinking thousands of hours into curating your team that may or may not just blow ass when you actually try them out. Um, to be fair, they also have almost made it like I'm not gonna this is gonna sound bad, but it's like pay to win in the sense that a lot of the high tier Pokemon are the Paradox Pokemon or Gimmagold. Gimmagold is really good though. <laughs> is it Gimmagool? What's the evolved version? Gimmagool is the little one and then it's Goldango. Golden Glow. Yeah. And no, I, I use Gold. I like him. He's a surfer dude. Cheese string. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely a cheese string. All of them are genderless, which means you can't breed them. So you're basically like forced to go... Okay, by sure. the expensive item to 
just max out their stats if you want to use them. Um, yeah. But it's not, you're not paying real money. It's just. Sure, sure. It's in game. It's in game. It's in game. But it is pay to win. <laughs> it's just yeah. pay, pay Pokemon bucks. Anyway. But I mean, I like that way better because I'm not. I would rather sure, pay yeah, Pokemon yeah. bucks than, than pay my actual hours. And weird hand cramps that come from like just moving your thumb in a circle for six hours. Anyways, you've got so, you've got the uh, fire Pokemon with warm body or whatever to oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. conveniently sure. conveniently Charcadet has flame has body oh of course but that's not the version I wanted I needed flash fire so that when it gets yeah. hit by fire moves it goes ham yeah okay so that's that's the reasoning behind having the bug Terra type because then it's one of its main weaknesses is fire and then it has the flash fire ability so it's actually neutralizing one of its weaknesses when you terror type it into bug mm, gotcha yeah crazy dude cool, cool he cool. gets a fire type move that gains him hit points back physical attacking fire type move to gain hit points back like drain punch but fire i'm so excited to use this little toaster oh he's gonna tear shit up i'm so excited um, what, now that we've talked about Pokemon for like 20 minutes, what have you been playing, James? So, I've also been playing Pokemon, but I'm not going to talk about it. I've been playing Let's Go Pikachu. First oh, time, cool. I've, I just, my Chrissy's uh, um, brother had it, so she borrowed it, and I just plugged it in and started messing around. So I'm, I'm uh, more than halfway through. I'm just plugging away on it, just having a good time. It's just so charming. I thought it was going to be a lot worse. It is definitely baby's first Pokemon, but it's mm. it is very charming, and I've been enjoying the heck out of it. The um, as far as uh, new games, I beat uh, uh, the Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, it's it's okay. It's a it's mid okay. game. There's nothing. There's the setting is the best part of the game. Other than that, it is super fucking generic. Uh, okay. Open world collectathon thing. Um, I setting... am so intrigued by the aesthetics and the setting and like the vibe of the enemies and the powers in that game. Yeah. And I haven't even beaten Frick. I touched Deathloop like one time. Yeah, I'm just I'm in trouble with games Game Pass. I'm so like it's it's getting embarrassing. Like I thought about canceling because I just like never. I did beat Norco though. Shout outs to yeah. Norco. Yeah. You sure did. Crazy, amazing game. <laughs> the um, yeah. So I beat that, and uh, it's like, oh okay, yeah, I need something new. Um, and so I did the thing that I promise I never do. I got another game on the Switch, which is it's like I like to have one game on the Switch that I'm playing, one game on the PlayStation, and mm-hmm. then like maybe something else, right? But that keeping me separated, so I'm not just if I'm gonna play PlayStation, I'm playing the PlayStation game. If I'm gonna be in my room playing switch or i'm on the go i bring the switch and i play that game but i bought a second switch game so i'm playing pokemon and dredge interchangeably now and oh, holy heck it is a good game i'm only like a couple hours in and i'm already seeing like oh this is something this is something special um essentially you are a a, a fisher boat operator that has come to this little islet called uh, Great Greater Marrow or something, a town on this island, uh, mm. um, Greater Marrow, and it's like old, like old timey, like uh, 
HP Lovecraftian era uh, vibes to everything. It's got this really creepy, like there's clearly some eldritch horror going on. And, uh, but like they're super like, yeah, like you hit the town, your boat crashes in the fog and they're like, oh yeah, we found you. Uh, you're very lucky to be alive. We noticed that your boat was like irreparable. So we've given you this loaner that you can use. Um, you can pay it back by like basically fishing for us. And, um, you're like trying to like, you start fishing and then like, they're like, oh yeah, don't stay out after dark. And you've got like this timer, this day timer, it goes quite quickly. And while you fish, it goes by faster. So it's Mm. like, you have to kind of like manage, like, what am I going to be doing? Sometimes you have to do deliveries to other towns on other islands and, and then you want to upgrade so you can fish in the deeper waters and buy some better motors so you move faster, some better light so when the fog comes in, you can see a little bit further in the dark. But they're like, don't stay out. Like you have like a panic meter um, mm. at night, and so it's like, if, and the fog starts to really like croach it, come in on you, and then you start seeing like flashes of lights and this. It's nuts. And I'm like uncovering this mystery of like other fishermen have come to town and this, you're not the first one or something like that. And it's, you never are. Oh, it's, it's so good. And it's like the way it unfolds is like, it, it's sort of like this fishing animal crossing meets. um, Yeah. Like, like what is it? Arkham horror kind of. Eldritch horror. Yes. Um, Ooh, it's good no it's good i'm really enjoying it it's uh it's somebody was like oh you're gonna pick up um because uh they indie direct came out today and they shadow dropped uh what was it the um stick uh the f- loathing oh yeah, yeah. Or, no it's yeah, i can't remember it's something that's the shadow over it? Innsmouth's parody with loathing shadow over loathing or Anyway, it's uh, it's a it's Shadows HP Lovecraftian, HP Lovecraftian, um, esque uh, loathing game like West of Loathing, and uh, it's it looks funny, it looks great, and somebody asked me if I'm gonna play it because I did play the the Western one, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm kind of getting my uh, Eldritch Horror fix like with this game right now, so maybe I'll hold off. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yeah, well, hey, speaking, really enjoying it. Speaking of indie games, indie directs, and the announcement of that Shadow Over Loathing game, uh, how about we run down some more of the stuff included in that Nintendo Indie World Showcase uh, that happened today on as we're recording on Wednesday? Sounds good. In the news. news, news. Uh, so... I'm checking out, you know, this coverage is all over the place, but we're checking out Tom Ivan's story over at VGC, Video Games Chronicle. Um, holy crap, 20 indie games and or indie game expansions all announced during that showcase. Um, the two ones that uh, are being highlighted by this story are Oxenfree 2 and Bomb Rush Cyberfunk are dated in the indie games showcase um 
Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Have have you seen anything of this? Did you catch this? Uh... I watched it. I can't tell you anything about Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Bomb um, Rush Cyberpunk is like a spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. Radio, yeah, it does have uh, that look to it, fan vibe to it. Um, weird. I I swear I watched the whole direct. I <laughs> I don't remember seeing that at all. You you saw you do not live for the funk or die for the funk. You know what? It might have been it might have shown up in the um, you know when they do that reel at the very end where it's just a bunch of different games they show, um, like a montage. Oh, maybe, I think maybe, it might have shown yeah. up in that because I was definitely watching it while I was at work, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and uh, it I at that point when they started doing that, I was just like occasional glances so uh i might have missed it amid my glances yeah um a game that was on my radar for a really long time was this minico's night market game yeah um so that's what i think is leading the video off i just threw the video on in the background i haven't had a chance to actually catch any of this yet um but uh yeah, I I mean, you were just talking about Shadows Over Loathing, um, expansion for the Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, Cult of the Lamb getting an expansion, Blasphemous 2 coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you highlighted uh, Donkeys, right? At the video game Donkeys publisher's first game is coming out called yeah. Animal Well, which is... Uh, interesting <laughs> little uh 2d platformer with a lot of uh inter- various interactions and uh items that you can collect it, it looked really cool i'm interested in to see- seeing more of it i definitely want to check it out yeah bomb rush cyberfunk had a little bit of its wind taken out of its sails for me by um the game that i was so high on but i can't remember the rhythm action game <laughs> For Xbox. Hi-Fi Rush? Thank you. Okay. So, um, which I got through like the first two or three levels of and then fell off of because I was finishing Pokemon as well as something else. Norco you going to go back to Hi-Fi Rush? I don't know. Or is it going to fall into the, uh, the into infamous the, well, Chris backlog? Chris I like... I liked that game quite a bit as I was playing it. I was, I don't know if I'll be able to slide back in difficulty wise and like combo wise where I was, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyways, but yeah, just that game having such an incredible aesthetic. That's so it's like a, a very clean version of what bomb rush cyberpunk is going for kind of takes a little bit of the, the wind out of the sails for that. But I also was never, I never actually got to play that much Jet Set growing up. And so I don't have those like emotional ties to those mechanics. I just think the aesthetics are incredible. And I don't know. The the cell shaded visuals and stuff. The visuals, the music, just the art style and vibe, like the choice of setting it in that weird cyberpunk world Mm -hmm. character. It it reminds me a lot of. Fully Cooly, the anime, if you're familiar with it. I'm not, but... FLCL is how it's, like, stylized, but... Um, yeah, I... 
I, I've hit this weird tipping point in my life where I own too many video games. I have access to too many through, through game pass and I I've always played them very slowly. Mm. And so a lot of the reason that things fall into that backlog are because I'm like, Oh, new shiny thing that people are hyping up over here when I'm only like so far through the stuff I already own. Mm. And so some critical self-evaluation is on its way. Let's put it that way. Ah. Cause like so- if I wanted to, I could have bought no other game since February other than Pokemon Violet and just gotten really into like the breeding stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But instead I saw that they had <laughs> some Square Enix games on sale on switch. And so I got Chrono Cross and um, Tactics Ogre remake uh, because those are games that I've like been wanting to play for forever. Will I ever touch them though? Do you want to? Yeah, are you kidding? Have you seen how good the Tactics Ogre remake looks? If I've never were. played one of those games and the trailer for it made me tear up because the music and art was so beautiful and the themes were so intense. So, like, I don't know. Like, for me, it's like, I think I just rate what my interest level is whether i whether i actually want to play it like that's like there is a lot of games that i want to play that i'm just not going to play because i don't want to if that Mm. like i don't know like there's a desire for it like i'm interested in it but i don't want to play it and i think that a lot of the time we get excited we say oh candy i want it right we grab it but then are we really hungry for that candy? And then you just kind of move on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It maybe it's maybe it's just assessing what you really enjoy in your gaming and trim and the being fat. More true to that. Yeah, and like it's no, it's okay to like a select few things or not to play everything. There is a period in time where I was only playing like one style of game. Like there's a good chunk of time where I was only playing indies or lesser known games because I just genuinely did not like mainstream games and what they were doing. Um, this is actually what brought me towards dark souls in the first place. Mm. I play, I picked up demon souls because my buddy was like, you have to try it. It's not like any other game. And he was right. It just deviated so much from what you expect video games to be because what that's what the norm is. The reason I fell in love with like graphics software studios was because it was so different than AAA games. They were making games that just changed. You're not just plugging in the new AAA game that's just carbon copy of like every other AAA game because that's the formula that works. You're Mm. playing a game that's handcrafted from the ground up. And I fell in love with that style of like, it doesn't have to be what everybody expects. This is why I love Killer7 because it's not, it just breaks every convention. Mm -hmm. And... I had a blast playing it. And so I had to trim out some of the fact I never played the Uncharted series for this reason, because it was mainstream and I was not interested in just playing another action adventure game. I was interested Mm -hmm. in playing a game that uh, challenged what games were and uh, coming back to it. I've tried and I just couldn't get into Uncharted still. And I, uh, you know what? I've given it a few tries. And I said, no, 
I'm not playing this game because I'm not enjoying it. I'm not having fun. I want to play games because I want to enjoy it and have fun or at least like be moved emotionally. Mm. It's also why I couldn't play Sekiro because as much as I love the Souls games, Sekiro forced me into a style of play that I was not having a good time doing. And I know there are people like my one of my closest friends. He loves that game to death, but that is right. Like the, that is the style of game that he plays when he plays Dark Souls. Mm. Like he, he plays the He's fast like- move, parry, perfect timing, everything. And that is the game that he likes to play. So when Sekiro came out, that was the perfect game for me. Like that was Bloodborne. Um, but speaking anyway. of games, I need to get back to. Maybe here's the thing: I got so much. I spent so much time in Elden Ring last year, and all like, and Tears of the Kingdom is like two weeks, weeks away. Yeah, or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weeks away. Do I just go play through Bloodborne and finish that out? Like, is that the next one? If can here's the question: Can you finish it before Tears of the Kingdom comes out? I I don't know. I mean, I got through. I was going into the creepy village that reminded Hem- me of Hemwick. Resident Evil Four. Yeah, so Hemwick, I was like yeah. heading into Hemwick. I got. I think a little bit of a sequence break where, you know, the place where the kidnapper takes you to, if you mm-hmm. get kidnapped. Yeah. 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 So, I like, Hypo, don't think I was, how we, how, how I can't pronounce it. Hypogean jail or whatever. Yeah. I know. I know. It, that's that's <laughs> yeah, a year. It's literally been over a year, but um, I, I had like broken the leveling curve or like figured out how to fight the things there in a way that like you get some of the stuff ahead of time but then i cannot beat whatever that electricity boss is oh yes oh that's my favorite parl dude Carl. oh that's like my favorite that's my go-to draw i draw that guy all the time because i fucking love him i love that fight so much step to that guy no, but he's, I, the he's, boss he's a bit fights of a in that game, like all of the big monstery, like werewolf boss fights in that game. I I struggle. I, really, I don't think like they do any damage to them, dude. Yeah, no, it's it, you, you. The thing with it, it's so funny how that because it really breaks people who are traditional Dark Souls players. Because in Dark Souls, you're always step attack when they're opened and then step back and play defensively and then oh they've got an opening attack play defensively and that's always kind of been like the give and take because they wanted to push away from being what every other game is which Mm -hmm. is just like mash the buttons and and uh a parry occasionally but like bloodborne's like difference is how it rewards you for being aggressive and because like dashing or dodging doesn't actually use any of your stamina, you're you're up there, or it doesn't use a lot. I can't remember, it. but like it's you are rewarded for getting up in their face and attacking them, and you can gain the health that you're losing back by relentlessly assaulting. But you can't like you can't just keep it up forever, right? Because you do lose your stamina for attacking. So you want to dash the heck out of there and mm. uh, get back to that recharge then 
jump back in and be more aggressive than the bosses and figure out where to strike from. It's, I don't know, like it's, it, it's, it is different. And I can see how it does not hit the same way as the other Souls games or El, Elden Ring, for example, would hit because. Yeah, I mean, my only two points of comparison would have been Dark Souls 1 and Sekiro, though. Yeah, know? okay, fair enough. So, like I, It was enough where, like, I knew all three of them are different flavors. Yeah. But it, it's more like I, can't, I cannot get a read on the way its body is moving to, like, understand what's threatening or not. Because of all the fur or the way it, like, yeah. oh, everything drapes. Yes, no. And that's so, so that's some of the stuff that I'm, like, in love with, but... I, I get it. Anyways, I imagine I will get some high degree of a thrashing going back to that game after like being a spellblade oh. in Elden Ring, where it's like I had the most just you know Moonvale, mm-hmm. Dark Knight or Dark Moon Greatsword, all that shit. So it was just like it will be a drastic readjustment. But yeah, mm-hmm. anyways, chomping at the bit for Tears of the Kingdom. May twelfth, literally two weeks away. Not not true. That Three weeks, a little bit, a little bit. Four longer. weeks. Math it's is almost. It's math is just hard. Under a month. I have I have brain fog. It's all good. Redfall <laughs> comes out so soon. I know. Oh, we no. enjoy its glorious thirty frames per second. Street Fighter Six. And what is it? It was Star Wars. Uh, Jedi, Jedi survivors, survivors next like this week. Yeah, I think it's like yeah, it's a week away. It's yeah, it's we've got so many. We're like feasting so much that Dude, I'm like ten times more into Star Wars than the, I was the first time I played that first game. That I know so cool. much shit about the Clone Wars now, James. I I would have been frothing at the mouth when you went to Dathomir in the first game. I'm uh, like, no, I, 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 this Dathomirian witches live. Am I going to see Mother Townsend? Where's my girl Ventress at? I know all the names. I'm reading a goddamn book about Ventress right now, James. You're oh telling me I wouldn't God. lose my mind about going to I didn't say anything. <laughs> Anyways. I'm just sitting here being like, I like Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Do you know about the the... Homeworld of Kashyyyk. Yes, I didn't know about that. Like, even I knew that shit when you went to Kashyyyk. But yeah, anyways, that was like early fandom, right? Like that's like back when I was a yeah, I feel like they kept that in the in the lore for a long time. I don't even know how I knew of Kashyyyk. I'm not even gonna lie to you, like because like as a kid growing up without real internet. You will really only know what your friends talk to you about, and I can guarantee you. One of your homies definitely books. read. One of your homies definitely read the Star Wars prequel trilogy with Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, Anyways, I'll find any excuse to bring a recording back to shouting out how sick of a villain Grand Admiral Thrawn is. Um, so I think this is as good a time as I need to call it quits because uh, I have a tickle growing in my throat, and that means I need to rest my voice. Um, we've been the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast. I'm Chris at VG Occasion on Twitter, where you cannot see me tweet because I don't really do it anymore. Uh, I was joined by James Halliday. James, hit us up with the socials. Where can people find your streams? What's going on? 
You can find me on Twitch Mondays and Wednesdays in the evenings at twitch.tv slash BLP Entertainment. Uh, you can also find me on the socials at Butlord Primus. I sometimes say stupid shit. Nice. Um, you can follow the pod at um, MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. You can Join along on our Substack journey for Mostly Normal Monthly at mngamers.substack.com. You can rate, review, and recommend to a friend our podcast on your podcast platform as you choose. Um, yeah, I'm going to go theorycraft a competitive Pokemon team instead of playing any of the video games I want. Bye. As long as you're having fun. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>